Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by me. Are you lacking some Raymond in your life? Do you need a little bit more ray of sunshine in your world? Well, don't hesitate to call 555-5555-Raymond and get a little more sunshine, rays of sunshine in your life. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. I am your host, Raymond Solis I, and with me is just me. The greatest fanalist in the game is here to talk to you about the Carolina Panthers. Coming into town to play against the San Francisco 49ers. This, to me, is a matchup that's even, to me, I think this is an even tougher matchup than the Rams game. I think naturally there's always, you know, there's always some, I think division games are always a little bit stiffer collectively, but, you know, as far as our season's been going, you know, this to me is the toughest opponent. This is an opponent that's 4-2, and two, that is statistically in a better position than the Rams are doing right now. They, you know, they did not have to give up first round picks to, to shore up some areas that are lacking. This is a team that's kind of clicking on all cylinders. Cam Newton is out of the picture. We know that Kyle Allen is there. Even if Cam was like 80 or 70%, I would still not play him because Kyle Allen's been doing great. He's been, you know, 65% completion percentage. He's has nearly a thousand yards. He's a hundred yards shy of that. He's thrown seven touchdowns. He's thrown zero interceptions. He's been sacked 10 times. And yeah, and he's got the best dual threat running back in the entire league. So there's a lot to feel good about if you're a Carolina fan coming into this game. Now, conversely, on the other side, we have, we are, you know, without a doubt, the second best rushing attack in the NFL. I think Baltimore is the first because they have, because Lamar Jackson has been running and it's always harder to chase down quarterbacks, especially when you're dropped in coverage. And Lamar Jackson's running, a lot of his runs are very unscripted. So by the time he does decide to run, the secondary is already, you know, downfield in their coverages. And at this point, he's just trying to beat middle linebackers and trying to get past, get to the second level off the defensive line of his opponents. But anyways, enough enough about Baltimore. We'll deal with them later. So right now we have the, you know, one of the top, Uh, defense is going up against the number two defense in the NFL. We are second in the league in points allowed and 10.7. We're second in the league in yards allowed at 22.223 yards. We are first, the number one best passing defense in the NFL, yielding only 133 yards per game. And we are the eighth best rushing defense in the NFL at number eight. I think the last couple games we've yielded a couple hundred yard runners and that's definitely dropped us in the rankings because before that we were a top five. So, but all it takes is a couple hundred yard rushers to move your ranking. But this is still a very, very good group, especially the last two back-to-back games we saw the Redskins and the Rams kind of really run 
uncontested in their opening drives, and Carolina is most likely going to follow suit with an even more more versatile running back. So I think this time we're going to be ready for it because, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame shame on me, and no more fooling now. So we, we know what we're getting out of Carolina, and I think we're going to be ready for it. But to me, again, when I do these game previews, I often look at the matchups. Like, okay, what does the other team possess that and how can I compare that to what we we have on our side? And to me, there's obviously the the records speak for themselves. But when I look at the matchups here, you know, in a nutshell, I believe that the Niners have the edge. And so, you know, let's get into what those edges are because defensively, this is still a very good group. They're middle of the road, middle of the league, fifteenth in points allowed at twenty two. They're 12th in the league in yard total yards allowed at 344. They're 7th in the NFL at 225 passing yards per game, so 2nd 7th best passing defense. And they're the 23rd ranked rushing defense at 119. That's the big one. You've got a top 10 going up against a bottom 10. That to me is one of the the big differences I saw. Now, where we're comparable is we have the the, the best pass defense obviously complemented by our pass rush going up against a top 10 passing defense. This is really the strength of Carolina because they have, they also have a very good pass rush. They've uh, produced 27 sacks this season. We've produced 20. So they actually have bested us in this category by seven sacks. And that's largely been, you know, because of Mario Addison and Brian Burns. So our offensive line is going to get tested by these two individuals and in the middle of the field we're going to have you know the ball magnet Luke Keekley who is I think he I think that he has an edge over our guys our best is Quan Alexander Fred Warner leading the pack so what Luke Keekley does in combined tackles is what Fred Warner and Quan Alexander have done combined so this guy is a tackle machine and rightfully so Although total tackles, it's a little bit more closer, but still, Luke Keekley has the edge there in this regard. I think he definitely is the, the better inside linebacker than, than our guys, although we have two very, I, I think part of it is because we have two very good inside linebackers, so the duties are not overwhelmingly over, over eclipsed the like like they are with Luke Keekley, whereas we have two solid inside linebackers. So I mean, as far as numbers are concerned, we have the edge. But as far as overall talented inside linebacker, I got to give it to Luke Keekley. I think it's only fair. He's a proven player. He's a multiple multiple Pro Bowler. Despite the the injury history that he has, he's still he's been healthy this year. And they have James Bradbury over there in the secondary. Uh, he has three picks this year. He's been very, very good, almost, you know, shut down caliber uh, more often than he than he's given up plays to big wide receivers. He's guarded some of the best in the game. I expect him to be covering Emmanuel Sanders in this game. I think it would be a mistake not to have him there. If he wasn't there, it's it's either him or George Kittle, you know, so they've got to decide how they want to do that matchup. I think it's a, I think George Kittle could is a mismatch. But so I expect to see him on Emmanuel Sanders more so than George Kittle. George Kittle will, will have a different coverage look than that. 
Luke Keekley is is pretty good in coverage, so I would be surprised if that was the matchup that we get to see on Sunday. So to me, when we look at the quarterbacks, I think you know Kyle Allen's been mistake free. So and Jimmy, even though Jimmy's extremely efficient at times, uh, he still gives up the ball once a game, and that definitely needs to change. But um, he is a little bit more accurate. He has thrown for more yards, although he's played two more games. And that, I think, says a lot. He throws for more yards per attempt. He's thrown the same exact amount of touchdowns. He's only been sacked eight times all season long. So this, again, is another edge. I think our offensive line is matches up better than Carolina's offensive line. They've given up 16 sacks, double the amount of sacks that we've given up this year. So there is some mismatch there. So that greatly, I think that really, really benefits our defensive line. I think our defensive front, although while we haven't produced as many sacks, seven less sacks in Carolina, I still think our group is better collectively because theirs has largely been the productivity of, of two two really dominant players. Although they've still got great contribute. Vernon Butler has three sacks over there. And and then a bunch of guys have a pair. Christian Miller has two. Uh, Gerald McCoy has two and a half. Don, Ter- Don, Ter- Don Terry Poe has two sacks as well. As Shaq Thompson has two sacks. So they've gotten contribution. Their contribution has been spread around, but the lion's share of the pass rush has really g- come through Brian Burns and, um, and Mario Addison. So I think that our group collectively is better. Not by much. I mean, these are still pretty comparable, but we can see that how that plays out in statistics, right? So our pass rush has complemented our secondary to the attune of best in the NFL, whereas their pass rush has complemented their secondary to the tune of seventh best in the NFL. So these are pretty pretty comparable. You know, the, the, the difference between first and seventh place is, is mere yards, you know, although in our case, it's almost uh, it's 90, a 90, almost a 90 yard difference here. And so that's pretty that's that's a pretty big gap. So that's why I give the edge to the Niners, even though you know the the both defensive fronts are pretty comparable. But as they as they pertain to the secondary, I think that ours has a significant edge. And so again, I see our pass rush has an edge. I see our offensive line has an edge. Kristen McCaffrey, what can we say? You know, let's let's go to the offense. I mean, well, actually, let's stick to defense because I was talking about. Um, James Bradbury, and our compliment to that is Richard Sherman, who obviously is a little bit older. He's he's not as young as Brad, Brad James Bradbury, although we've had really good play out of Quan Williams. Uh, Akella Witherspoon was doing great before he went down, and then our safeties. Our safeties have been terrific. I know they have a former player, Eric Reed, who had you know some you know a little bit of choice comments leading into the game. I think. You know, he didn't say it was revenge. Although, you know, uh, to me, to me, based on those comments, like, you know, I, I just never forget. That's, you know, to me, that's subliminal for I feel slighted by this team and I kind of want to stick it to him on Sunday. And that's fine and dandy. You know, he's he's played good. He, he has 37 tackles on the year. He's also had a sack, so he's playing good. He's not quite his 2013 Pro Bowl self. And he most likely never will be, but um, but he's he's had a solid season so far, you know. I'm 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 not going to slight him. I think the fact I think I like our 
safety tandem just a little bit better. I think they're a little bit younger and they've been a little bit more again if one of the, if if one of them was charged with kind of taking the the bulk of duties then I think we'd see the statistics spread out between Jaquaski Tart and Jimmy Ward but they both play really solid for what their roles are. Jaquaski Tart's been healthy and solid all year long. You know, he doesn't have quite as many tackles as Eric Reed, but that's because we have a lot of really good tacklers this year. Everyone's technique has gotten much better. So the tackles are spread around more guys versus uh, these Carolina Panthers, which, you know, have are collectively a very good uh, uh, tackling team. But also at the same time, you know, I think their, their, their scale of productivity tends to lean on, you know, several several guys, whereas with our group, it's it's a bit more spread out and even because collect. I think as as a unit, we're obviously better, and that's why the the rankings are what they are. But offensively, let's go to the offensively. So I, I think I think Kyle Allen gets gets an edge because he protects the football. But Jimmy G's been terrific on third down. You know, so if if I got to give it up to Kyle Allen, then to me, I think it's got to be as it's got to be in the turnover ratio. I think that's kind of an easy one. Six picks to zero picks. And he's played two less games and has thrown just as many touchdowns. So to me, Kyle Allen gets the edge here. Jimmy's had more completions. He's thrown for nearly 400 more yards. But he's also played two games. And his running, our running attack is better. Has been, you know, the been second best in the NFL was number one for a while and we had we were averaging 200 yards for a couple games there but came back down to earth over the last couple games especially with the mud bowl in Washington but to me um, uh, as far as running backs are concerned I think you know I think it's no doubt that Christian McCaffrey's the best running back in the NFL not only with what he does on the ground but also what he does in the air he's caught 35 receptions for 305 yards He's scored two touchdowns in the air, but on the ground, he's has 127 attempts. He's amassed 618 yards. He scored seven touchdowns. So clearly, you know, it goes through him. It, it, he's he scored more touchdowns than any than any two backs we have on the team. It it takes about you know it's there's three play I'd say between Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, and Jeff Wilson. It, it's taken them three combined to equate what Christian McCaffrey's done in the touchdown column. But again, we are a collective unit. As far as individual individual talent goes, there's no doubt Christian McCaffrey is the guy and he's going to be getting the lion's share of touches on, in the air and um, on the ground. He's their leading receiver as well. So uh, next to DJ Moore, who's only, you know, two receptions behind him. But so but on the ground game, to me, I think like, all right, well, you do have the best dual threat running back, but we also have three backs that can do more or less what Christian McCaffrey does. Although we don't always use them in those same roles. We have Matt Breed and Tevin Coleman that share, you know, that, that have produced more than Christian McCaffrey has. Uh, Matt Breida has a better yards per attempt. He's faster. He's clocked at 23 miles per hour. Christian McCaffrey's 22 miles per hour. They've both had longs of 83 and 84 yards. 73 attempts to 411 yards. Uh, Raheem Mostert has a great has a great yards per attempt. So I just think as a collective group, I think 
I think we get the edge as far as versatility is concerned. So as far as a one-man stop shop, I think you know Carolina definitely gets it with Christian McCaffrey. But as far as versatility is concerned, I think when you have three guys and you're getting different looks on the outside zone running game that we run, I think it's a lot harder on defenses to try to adapt to different running styles, whether it's up the middle or uh, around the sides. We do a lot of sweeps and tosses. And we also do reverses and, and double fake reverses. And I think there's just a lot more there's just a lot more nuance to our running game. And I think that's why, you know, we are that's why we're the second best rushing offense. But I mean, give credit where credit's due. This is the not the top ninth rushing offense. So they are a top ten group in this category. There's no doubt about it. And it 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 starts and stops with Christian McCaffrey, so definitely. I just think, you know, this is going to be a good matchup, but I think because we have to more or less focus on one person and whereas Carolina would have to focus on three people, you know, if one's not working, that's why we have to, we have different looks, different speeds, different styles. And that to me, that keeps the defense more honest. And that's why we've had, which we've, we've been mostly successful against a lot of the defensive fronts that we've played against. So to me, again, I got to give this edge to us. You know, not only is that reflected in the rankings, but I think it's also reflected in the point I just made. We just have, we have three horses. They have one amazing stallion and we have three really good horses. And on the tight end side, I think there's no question that, you know, George Kittle, George Kittle's the man. You know, I know that, Greg Olson's still playing. He's not producing at the same clip as George Kittle is as far as, you know, the the yak and the separation, the yards per reception. Uh, I mean, there's no contest there. But as far as wide receivers are concerned, I think they definitely are getting more productivity out of DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and, and Greg Olson too. I think those three guys and Christian McCaffrey, all four of those guys are are a lot more productive than our guys. That especially when you look at when you start to break it down uh, with the passing the, the passing yards. Kendrick Bourne still sitting at 139. Marquise Goodwin's 181 with drop balls. Debo Samuel has drop balls at a 168, and George Kittle is sitting there at 376. So nobody, uh, with the exception of DJ Moore, no one's done as well as Kittle on Carolina's team. So I just think I do think that the yards after catch though that's George Kittle's forte. So he, I think he obviously has a clear edge over Greg, Greg Olson. Debo Samuel, Marquise Goodwin. I don't think they've been they've not been as productive as G.J. Moore and Curtis Samuel. So our secondary is definitely going to have to step up. But I think Kyle Allen's definitely going to have his hands full against his pass rush. When he doesn't have pressure, Kyle Allen's very good, just like most quarterbacks in the NFL. But when he's pressured, Kyle Allen, you know, he he does struggle. He struggles quite a bit. And I think that that's going to that's going to be the difference in this game and it's kind of been the difference a lot you know for almost every game we've been in that's the one that been the big staple you know and look listen and and check this out here's just for further further uh, perspective on this so Kyle Allen when he's not under pressure he has a 73% completion percentage he throws for eight and a half yards per attempt and his passing grade is nearly 78 points. When he's under pressure, 43% completion percentage. Four and a half yards per attempt. 
33 and a half grade points. So everything gets cut in half. And that's against pressure groups that are not us. So just imagine what it's going to be like on Sunday. I just think he's going to have his hands full. And he gets the ball out quick, but can you get it out faster than we can apply pressure and or get the sack? I think that's going to be the big difference in this game. I do expect them to score points. I don't expect this to be uh, a game similar to Washington. I thought that was going to be like 25-6 to or 21-6, to something like that. I think this one's going to be a little bit closer just because the offenses and defenses are are you know are are a bit more comparable than what we've seen in other opponents so i think that's going to translate into points i expect at least anywhere between gosh i don't know like between 14 and 17 points i don't know why i keep always coming back to that point total maybe it's because teams have have been you know that's all they've reached at this point with the exception of pittsburgh so to me i think this is kind of a I don't think we're going to get blown out. I think this is kind of more like, gosh, I'd say 24-17, 21-17. This one's going to be a close one. That That's that's my feeling there because Carolina is going to come to play, no doubt about it. But I think the pass rush is going to really make the difference here. And I think that our offensive line matches up well with this defensive line. And I think that their offensive line is, I think, going to be a little challenged dealing with four excellent pass rushes versus just two two or two or less which which is what they've dealt with so far through their their schedule at least when i look at their schedule i haven't you know breaking down every single one of those games but you're talking about la that pretty much just has aaron donald you have tampa bay that has one or two guys arizona doesn't really have much houston uh houston i haven't watched houston you know jacksonville's not been saxonville this season so they've They've not been the same pass rush group that they've been in the past. They've already played Tampa Bay twice this year, too. And they lost the first time and won the second time. And again, this is that's uh, that's division, so a little bit different there. I think there's always a little bit, little bit more mustard when the two teams match up. But that's what I think. So I think this is going to be 24-17, 24-21, something along those lines. Uh, definitely let me know what you guys think. What do you think the final score is going to be? You know, I think our averages of, of points scored per game, we're 11th best scoring offense in the NFL. I mean, obviously scoring nine points last week is definitely going to drop you in the rankings, but I don't know if we hit that season total this year. Unless the game gets really out of hand late in the, late in the second half, and, you know, our staff makes a bunch of adjustments to really kind of take control of the game, then, you know, this is something that could easily end up like 31-21 or something like that, or 35-24 or something like that. But I do expect a lot more scoring. This is not, this is not a mud bowl this time. This is going to be spring, you know, fall weather. It's going to be good. There's going to be breeze. There's going to be air. We finally got Kyle Nelson back. Joe Staley's trying to make a comeback. I don't think he'll make it quite in time. I think tomorrow's practice report will tell us a little bit more about that. But my gut feeling is they're probably not going to start him. And our and our backups have been playing really good. So there's not an urgent need to rush his return to the lineup. I think you can still rest your laurels on Brunskill and Skule because they've been terrific. 
they've done such an excellent job and they add to me that gives a lot of that gives a lot of reassurance to the future if if they're able to play that well you know step right in and just kind of keep us keep us uh running at the same clip so that's definitely a good thing and the kicking game is going to be a lot better now with Kyle Nelson off of his penalty or suspension. So that's a good one too. And then the big one is Emmanuel Samuel or Emmanuel Sanders. You know, I'm really curious to see what kind of plays Kyle Shanahan is going to draw up. I think this this gives you a deep threat. Right now, the deep threat has been Marquise Goodwin, but now you have two guys that can do that. So I think that. Emmanuel Sanders is clearly more reliable in that category, so I expect him to get those looks this week, even though he had a really short turnaround coming to the team. But he came to the team that they made the move when they made the move with the expectation of him playing this Sunday. So I do expect that to translate into some deep deep ball looks. And so don't be a, uh, don't be surprised to see that, and we'll see if he's able to get separation from James Bradbury. Either way, you're I think you you it's kind of a pick your poison. Because if you stack the box to slow down our running game, you're going to open up man coverage downfield. And to me, Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle do are terrific in man coverage. They are great in separation, and they're both great at yards after the catch. So you have two guys that can do this now. It's no longer just Kittle. This gives us a. This is a, a much more. This is going to be a much more dynamic offense going forward. And if conversely, if you you know drop extra guys, and you're going to rely on the pass rush. Then I think you know we can handle that with Dwelly taking fullback position and taking blocking, or you keep Kittle in there. You you have him you have him chip somebody before he goes over the middle, or you know you have running backs. You have one of our running backs uh, doing coverage uh, to help protect help with pass protection. I think uh, I think it's kind of you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know, and and and, and either, either way, if if you drop six, then and we run the ball, then good luck. You know, good luck. So you know, you've you've got to really, they've really got to think about what kind of defensive looks they're going to give us and what what formations they're going to choose because you know there's there's a, there's give and take no matter how you slice it against our offense and naturally you know that I think that goes for Carolina too on our end too but at the same time we've been doing the same thing every week in and week out and we've gotten the same results so there's obviously a little bit more consistency on our end as far as the pass rush and the secondary are concerned so again I see an edge so I think we win this game Rudy does not think so he thinks that we come down to earth and we lose this game and drop to six and one I think we stay course and we rise to 7 and 0. But what say you? So you can like us on facebook.com slash the goldcast. And you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore goldcast. And you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment because we certainly want to hear from you leading into this Sunday. I know uh, one of our uh, cousin Brian, who we've we've mentioned from time to time on the show, uh, he'll be at the game on Sunday. So curious to see, you know, what uh, what that's gonna be like, what, seeing it all live and in person. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis and on Instagram at Ray Solis One. So concludes another episode of the Goldcast. I'm your host Raymond Solis, the first baby, and we'll see you next time after the game, the conclusion of the game, to talk about the results. So we'll see you next time.
same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel.